Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listen, listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast post-game show brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. All right, now joined by Ben White coming to this from, uh, coming from the slums of Orange County. We've got William Brad Alice, the great. I am merely Mike Luke. All right, guys, this was a great first half, and we got a ton of comments coming in hot and heavy. We'll, uh, we'll get to this in just a second. Um, for everybody asking, Shane doesn't want to speak. That's it. That's on him. That's not on me. But um, Arizona destroys Oregon State in the first half. And then, Ben, in that second half, Arizona lets them back in the game. Not that they were ever going to win, but again, tale of two halves right here. Tale of two halves and definitely something that you want to see after these last three games. Um, You know, you watch the way they played against ASU over the holidays and you said, well, Washington's going to be that kind of get right game. They won. Didn't feel great about it at all. That came to fruition against Washington State last Sunday. They lost, and here we are talking about an Arizona team that was just absolutely dominant from the start. I think defensively, the game plan was really just to size OSU up, you know, create some turnovers, get the four peaks going, which I'm sure we'll be talking about extensively. But, yeah, they let they let Oregon State back into this game a little bit in the second half. But I thought when you look across the board and what somebody like Balo did, you know, who definitely had a slump the last couple of weeks, I don't know if you want to attribute that to injury or whatever that may be and just some of these other guys and obviously Tubelis, just completely unfair. 25 points, 11 for 15 from the field, just unicorn-like numbers. So if you're an Arizona fan, I don't know – quite what there is to be upset about after watching this game after what you've seen the last couple of weeks for sure william are you coming from a safe location uh yes i know i know it <laughs> looks like i've been kidnapped the only room in the house that doesn't have someone sleeping is my laundry room so it was either that or the toilet but um <laughs> are you so you're not on the toilet right now i'm not i'm in the laundry looks room. like you are <laughs> uh no that's uh that's the that's the uh well, ironing board next to me and yeah, so I'm in the laundry room. I tried to hang a poster up, but it fell. So I wanted now to pull my shoe. I have not been kidnapped. See, they still let me wear the Chiefs hat. Um, yeah, I think there's two things. One, I think the turnovers were high. Obviously, 17 turnovers. Um, but really, what's getting overlooked is Arizona got a dose of their own medicine. They got home cooking at the free throw line. They got outscored by 11 at the free throw line, or nine at the out free throw line. Uh, you know, Arizona did not shoot particularly well from the line, and Oregon State was 20 of 26. You know, that nine points is kind of a lot of that's the difference 
in the second half. Yes, you would like to have them run off a 30-point win. Um, and they end up winning by, what, 14, 12? Um, I think, yeah, so I think it's a concern, but I think, you know, I see people out there, like, killing Ballo yeah. tonight. I'm like, really? I thought he played well. Dude was 15 and 14. Again, he doesn't have the endurance back yet. Um, you know, do you want to be critical of some turnovers by Krisa? Okay. Yeah, but um, was he 11 assists to five turnovers? And two, you know, two of those were late. I mean, right. it, it was a B plus performance. Um, but people are, you know, and again, some of that's the Facebook chat groups, which are awful. I mean, these are the people who, you know, think because a girl hit two free throws or three pointers and warm up that she's an ace three point shooter. And why isn't Adia playing or, you right. know, they see, a, they see a walk on score late in a red blue scrimmage and they think he should be playing. Um, you know, Arizona is what they are. Uh, are they flawed? Yes. Are they one of the five or six best teams in America? Yes. Um, you know, yes, I'd like to see them put away teams in the second half. I think that's absolutely a concern. I'd like to see them cut down on careless turnovers. Um, but overall, every time kind of Oregon, and yeah, you know, they did this to ASU too. Every time they make that run, they answer with a small run of their own. Right. The problem was they couldn't then go on the second run of death of the game. Uh, you know, they went on one in the first half, and that was the ball game. Game was essentially over then, but you know, instead of them, I think they went on a seven-one run when uh, Oregon State cut it ten. You'd like that to be, you know, fourteen to one, but it isn't. They are what they are. They're a flawed basketball team, but they're still, again, one of the five, six, seven, eight best teams in the country. Yeah, and when I watch this team too, but actually first, oh geez, let's just say yourself, you know, you're like William Brad Allison. By the way, I got to put my ring light on because Jacob Franklin would be yelling at me, so I'm going to run and do that real quick. But let's just say that oh, let's just say that you're like William Brad Allison. You can't sleep well. You know, you've got uh, you got to root for the Chiefs. You got kids. You got a wife. You got a lot of stuff going on, and you're like you're, but you're but you want to sleep a little bit. That's where OGs comes in. They have indicas and sativas for all the William Brad Alice's of the world. And you can also enjoy it even if you don't have problems sleeping like myself. Check out the local dispensary, 21 and up. But again, OGs and have I told you guys about the DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX? Maybe one Thankfully, yes. Oh, oh, yes. Thankfully, yes. It's a public service announcement. Here's the deal. At this point, it is. You can put down five bucks, just five bucks, and you can get up to $200 in free plays if that team wins. Bet, got to bet an NBA game. Did the uh, Mavericks win today, Ben White? They did. All right. Did that would have been a good game to bet because the Lakers stink. So check it out. 21 and up, Arizona only. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. But the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Okay. Um I do want to talk about the turnovers a little bit here, and then we'll get back to the first half here because a lot of people are bringing up the turnovers. Um, is this something that I'm, I'm fine with? I'm fine with turnovers if you're playing fast, you're getting up and down, whatever it happens. But there's a lot of times, though, guys, where it just feels like the turnovers are just hairless turnovers that aren't even really forced there, Ben. Yeah, I mean, I think there were a couple today. Um, you know, Ramey is the guy you know, who comes to mind along with Creasa where just a couple of careless entry passes, a couple of careless passes around the perimeter. It, it seems like this team, when they lock in defensively, they don't really have that issue, but it seems like there's moments in the game where they don't go all out every single possession. 
on that side of the ball. And it, it results in flunky, fluky turnovers, right? And as a result, like you said, Oregon State would go on a little bit of a run. Arizona would respond, but there wasn't that, you know, 15-0, to 18-0 run that you would expect to see when you're playing a, a team like Oregon State. So it's definitely a concern for sure. But I think, you know, from a on conversely too, I would say when you look at the way Arizona scores, right, and just how efficient they are with some of these assist numbers that you saw tonight and you've seen throughout the season, they're an efficient scoring team. And I think when you play at the pace that they do, you're just going to have turnovers. Is it concerning? Yeah, 17 is a pretty high number, especially against a team like this. But Arizona, I think, is a team that's going to have between, you know, eight to 10 turnovers a game. They just are. William? Yeah, I mean, Lute's number was always about 12, 12 to 14. Right. Um, and I think that's more realistic for this squad. And it's funny because if I think if you trim one turnover off of each guy, we, we look at it differently. Seven right. and three and 11 and four is certainly, I mean, that's about two and a half to, you know, to one um, as opposed to, you know, whatever, what little over under two to one. Um, and that's just the fine line. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, again, Arizona shot over 50% from the field. They held Oregon State right. to 39%. And it was worse. I know it was worse in the first half. And, you know, if you had said, you know, Arizona was going to come off this loss and win by 12 on the road in a game they were never in danger, I think most people would take it. But the problem is we've seen this before. You know, we saw this at ASU where Arizona blew the doors off them. And, and, and Oregon State repeated it. It was a 5-0 run to start the second half. You know, we saw it a little bit in the game against Creighton. We even saw it. You know, I can't remember if it was San Diego State or Cincinnati where they – we're never in danger of losing, but never able to take that lead to the next level. Now, in some cases, I think this is just water finding its what is it, water finding its level. Um, in reality, Arizona should beat ASU by about nine points on the road. ASU is a quality team right now. You know, mm-hmm. Creighton's a quality team when they're fully healthy. Um, again, at twelve, is ASU point, a contender for the Pac-12 title? Yeah. I don't think they can maintain it enough because I think Arizona and UCLA are just that much better. Yeah. But if you tell me, can they squeak into third? Yeah, I think they can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, today was a big win. If they can sweep this road. Which I uh, which, they're, which I think they're I mean, going. If you're to, a yeah. Pac-12 team, you don't want to play them in the tournament. That's for sure. No. So, yeah, if they're three or four, could they win the Pac-12 tournament? Probably, especially if Arizona and UCLA kind of aren't really playing for anything. Um, they're a good basketball team. I think they're not quite as good as their record. But when you look up and down the Pac-12, be hard pressed to tell me there there are five better teams. Four, I mean, they're probably the third or fourth best team. All right, you guys brought up the four peaks. We're going to talk some four peaks here, Dylan Anderson style. But we're going to start with the Julius Tabellus. But first, you might say, Mike, isn't there another four peaks out there? Correct, there is another four peaks. It's the official brew of PHNX Sports. Here's the deal: you can go to their Tempe location and hang out with Shane Diefenbach and the ASU crew and root against them. Or if you want to stay in Tucson and root for a good team, come to the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties, hang out with us down there, and uh, where they have Four Peaks as well. Great time. Watch Arizona. We're having one of those this Saturday at uh, 4 o'clock. There is a chance that the local legend that is William Brad Alice might show up. Is this correct, William? This is correct. I'm going to do my best effort to be there. All right, so check it out again. Uh, Joy responsibly. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. And Illegal Pete's. Remember, Illegal Pete's 
is everybody has spent time at Illegal Pete's. If you went to the U of A, if you went to ASU, heck, if you didn't go to either one of those places, great food, great drink, great environment. I have gone to Illegal Pete's with Ben White and was never disappointed with it. Got to see Ben, uh, got to see all the ladies flock to Ben while I was getting there drinking. But again, check it out, Illegal Pete's. All kinds of good stuff right there. Good food, good drinks, you name it, they've got it. All right, Azulis Tabellis. This is game. This is game in and game out for him at this point. And I got a I got a kick out of a Dave Pash saying if he continues to play like this, he'll be in the Pac-12 Player of the Year discussion. Uh, again, I don't know that Arizona is the best team in the conference, but Azulis Tabellis has locked that award up already, guys. And we're only four games in. I mean, every single game now is twenty-one and ten. It's almost to the point where it's almost like eight in numbers, where you just know that, all right, well, there's 21 and 10 right there. I mean, what we're watching right now, we shouldn't be taken for granted. No, we shouldn't. I mean, this is one of the best bigs in all of college basketball. It's obvious. Arizona is obviously one of the best front courts in all of college basketball as well, but it's just so fluid and natural with him, right? It's, you know, Aiton and him are much different players, but with Tabellos, it's just, he's so skilled that you know, even if he's not going to get to the rim, he has the ability to hit that floater. He can even hit it from the outside. And he's a fun guy to watch. He's I think he is what this team does come tournament time. I think last year, a lot of us wanted to say, you know, this team goes as far as Creasa takes them. And, you know, some of these guys on the outside. But it's obvious at this point that Arizona goes as far as Tabellas takes them. I mean, it is it is just remarkable. And you, you felt bad for Oregon State's front court tonight because there was just absolutely no no chance whatsoever. He was doing whatever he wanted out there for sure. He's, he's one of these strange players who mixes this great. He's very graceful and skillful. And, and at times he almost has that old man game where he just knows those weird angles and how to put up. You know, he'll put he's one. He's got up the YMCA game. And then he, you look at him, though, and he's this rugged, pretty strong, big kid um, who can out-muscle you. You know, not like Balo can. But, you know, about the only thing he lacks is that pure, raw athleticism. He's a good athlete, but he's not an elite athlete. And that might be, again, what at the end of the day, that and his lack of pure shooting touch from the outside keeps him out of the NBA. But he is, you know, I mean, his footwork's impeccable. He's just, yeah, he knows how to put the ball off the rim really well. Um, and he's got that soft touch. But then again, he can drop the shoulder, knock you back two feet, and, and dunk on you at the same time. So it's kind well, of. Brad, you and I, you and I have watched a lot of Arizona hoops over the years. Um, and you can't really, co- I can't really come up with anybody other than Aiton that every single game was 20 and 10. Well, maybe Derek Williams, but Derek Williams for sure. But everybody else. There's been a lot of guys that were 15 and eight, 16 and eight. There isn't a guy that continuously has put up 20 and 10 pretty much every single game like zoo. No. And it's, it's, if you look at the history of Arizona basketball, there's been very few players who in year, what three or four have made that kind of jump. You know, you said, can he average 18 and 10, 20 and 10? I said, I don't think so. I think, you know, if you look at the history, it's probably 15 or 16. That's the next jump. And he's, uh, you know, he has exceeded that. And so maybe I have to, and I hate doing this. I have to throw out the history book when I look at Tommy Lloyd teams, because they're just, they don't, they don't mesh with what we've seen in the past. And maybe that's a credit to his player development because a look at the leap that Matherin made and Coloco made in year one of the Tommy Lloyd. Now look at the leap he has made. Um, I think that bodes very well for your favorite player, Dylan Anderson, who again, got some minutes tonight he and Visar and maybe even uh, Philly B, the jumps they can make. 
And, you know, I know people are writing off Adama Ball. I'm not ready to do that. Kid got here when he was 17. Right. Um, what leap can he make in year three, year four, if he chooses to stay? So I think that's that to me has been the most impressive thing. Um, that and the consistency, because last year he was up and down. Uh, some of that was the injuries. You know, he dealt with the, the ankle sprain. He dealt with some stuff. Mentally, he got taken out of, out of some games when things got rugged. And this year so far, it hasn't happened. Uh, I think if you look at both he and Balo, one thing that has always been an issue with most big men is consistent effort, um, especially by right. pure big men. You know, the the Wayne Womacks of the world gave you 100% effort, even if they only had 60% of the ability. Um, but these two, this year, I have not had maybe one bad game from Balo, but so far, Tabellis hasn't really had, and it's, if he's had a bad game, it wasn't because of effort. Yeah, and all right, one thing uh, Tommy Lloyd was talking about, and we're going to get to Dylan Anderson, don't worry, because that is the that is the unicorn in the room that everybody wants to discuss. But Tommy Lloyd talked at the uh, presser about how he wanted guys to be more assertive out there. He wanted them to be more confident. He brought up Courtney Ramey, and he said, you know, I need Courtney when he's shooting to be more confident doing it, to be to take it to the opponent. And I think you saw more of that out there today. Again, he's not Damon Stoudemire, but you saw more of that out there. I thought I thought you saw a far more effective Ramey there, Ben White. Yeah, you did. I think this is easily his best game of the year, right? I mean, he came out. I think there was a point in time in the game where he had forced a turnover, got into a passing lane, took an easy three. He was taking smart shots, right? I think. It's one of those situations, too, where you knew Oregon State was going to kind of pack the paint. Like every team that's gone up against Arizona forced the zone and Arizona shots decided to fall today. You know, so uh, Ramey was one of those guys. I think that we talk about who is going to be that guy on the wing that kind of steps up outside of just, you know, Carissa and for Arizona to be successful come tournament time, you know, if, if their bigs are going to have an off game, certainly wasn't the case tonight, but come tournament time, you're going to need some guys off the bench, especially from the perimeter. We've seen Larson and we've seen um, some of these other guys in the front court make that leap, but it kind of needs to start now with the backcourt. And this is a good starting point for Ramey. He's a guy that we obviously have a large sample size with what he did at Texas. And um, maybe he can, definitely build on that. Like you've said, you know, there are some limitations with guys who come out of the transfer portal and we kind of know what they are at this point, but definitely a good starting point for him. So I'm intrigued for sure. Mike, I got a question for you. Yeah. What was the, what was the spread tonight? Yeah, uh, 14 and a half. 14 and a half. So Arizona missed the spread by two and a half points, one bucket. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause again, I'm looking at the people talking about, they should have won by 30. They should have, Arizona shot lights out in the first half. Right. Then, and I'm, it's my apparently my cliche of the night, water found its level. Arizona shot about what they shoot. You know, Ramey, we're talking about how great Ramey shot, and he ended up three, what, three of eight from behind the arc? Right. It's right. fine. It's a good number for him. Felt, it felt a little different, though. But, you know, he. I think at one point he was three of four, three, right. three of five. You know, same thing. Kirk. Kirk came out, lights out, shooting threes. He leveled off. Um, so I think, you know, again, if Arizona had won, led by 14 to 16 the whole game and, and won by 12, no one would be talking right now. But the problem is Arizona was so good during that run in the first half. And again, at some point, yes, they got to start propelling these leads and outperforming, you know, the change that level for the water. But 
you know, to 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 be overly concerned because they got a 12 point win on the road that they were never in. I mean, as much and again, don't tell me about the Homer announcers. That was Corey Williams, a U of A guy. <laughs> you know, you could argue Dave Pash might be an ASU guy, but the fact is they're just trying to keep people watching. Right. You know, they want everyone who's not on DraftKings to keep watching. Um, what, what, what's the code word? Uh, PHNX. Um, but they, you know, so th- that's part of the announcing strategy. Oh, you know, that if they had made that shot, it, you, yeah, because you got to keep the fans interested. But the right. fact of the matter is, Arizona always kept them at arm's length. You know, they were the yep. big brother holding the little brother. You never feared that Arizona was going to lose that game. No, no. My, 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 did I want 20? Did I want that? Of course. And again, there are concerns. I don't want to downplay that, but the sky is not falling. You know, Lute Olson teams lost games they should. Now it was never to Washington State because he owned Washington State. Wasn't it a was it a 40 it was a 40 plus game winning streak at oh, one point? Yeah, it was it was gaudy. Yeah. But you know, there were there were final four teams that went into, you know, into new a bad New Mexico team and lost. Or went there's there have been some weird games in Corvallis. The LSU game before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not even talking about that, but just bad Pac 12 losses. Right. You know, because again, and someone put it, these are 18, 19, 20 year old kids who lose focus. So, you know, I like some of the things he did. You know, I, I my guess is Dylan Anderson. I know, I believe someone quoted him as saying, and we'll, we'll see, watch the presser later, that he wanted to shake things up. I'm also guessing Dylan Anderson probably had a good week of practice. Let's talk about Dylan Anderson. There has been a lot of. A lot. There has been a lot of vitriol and venomous hatred. Not hate. That's way too strong of a term. Come on. But a lot of people doubting Dylan Anderson. I am not doubting Dylan Anderson. I have been on that wagon from day one. This is the situation to me where you know a lot of people are worried. Like Shearwood keeps saying that you know, uh, well, you got to worry about his dad and all that. I don't care about that stuff once you get to the once you get to college. Tommy Lloyd is going to tell his father, "I know what I'm doing here." Your son is playing at a Division One level. Trust me, I'll make this work right here. And you can tell too. He's not the things that I like about Dylan Anderson is first of all, he's legitimately like six eleven. He's a tall dude. He's not a stiff. We've seen stiff white guys here before, Brad Alice. I mean, we we know what they look like. That's not what Dylan Anderson is. And he's got some good skills as well. He's put some weight on. He's going to be a multi-year starter. I'm putting that out there right now. Tell me if you two disagree with me. Brad? I He has enough tools that make me intrigued. And when he committed, you said it. Shear said it. I'm sure the Rivals guys said it. This isn't the guy who's going to come in and play. Right. This is a multi-year project who has all the – you know – Lute would have brought him in. Lute would have recruited him in a heartbeat. He was oh, a Lute big man. Lute would have started him immediately. No, but Lute might have had him ready earlier. But the the seal. But no. But let's say he was that very good. He's still not playing that much, right? You know, you he, he is what he is, and he was a what a one thirty kid in the nation. But he has all the tools to fit this system. And if he is patient, and I haven't heard the dad stuff, but if dad is patient, then two years from now maybe next year if they need him he can be a, a player do i ever think he's going to be to bellis or balo no but can he be a consistent Garrett just said is he kirk walters good he's going to be better than kirk walters yeah i think 
to me, he is. To me, they're actually. He's <laughs> got a better chance to be what Loot hoped Walters would be. Fair enough. Um, because Walters was deceptively athletic in high school, mm-hmm. and then, but he looked like a puppy dog with the too big of feet, and he just never outgrew that. Yeah. Um, he never grew into his body that I think Arizona thought. Whereas a guy like Jordan Hill, who was also. I mean, I saw Jordan Hill in AAU ball get dominated by a, like a local Houston high school team, but you right. could see it. He was six eleven. He was mobile, and grew into that body and got and got pretty good. Um, that's what Anderson's got to do. Because again, Anderson moves well. He passes that. He doesn't look like a stiff. He doesn't look like, um, you know, some of these guys you see elsewhere in the Pac twelve. He would he probably look like he doesn't look like Kevin Flanagan. No, he doesn't. You know who? Uh, Big guy, no who, big guy who should have played over Kirill under Miller, but didn't. The uh, the kid from uh, Matter Day, uh, who's Alex Jacobson. Name? Alex Jacobson. He's he's more mobile than Alex Jacobson. Yes. Um, although I still think Jacobson deserved more minutes under Miller. Oh, that's another sorry. story. Over Kirill, yes. Oh yeah, but, for sure. Over Kirill. Yeah, but the fact is, yeah, I think Anderson has a bigger upside than all those guys. And could he wind up being? Two thirds of Dusan, a Dusan type, maybe. I don't know if he'll be the shooter, but I think he moves similar. So yeah, I'm 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 intrigued still by him. I'm nowhere near ready to write him off. Um, you know, it's just that's been Arizona basketball. If you can't contribute as a freshman, you transfer, or you get buried on the bench and recruited over. Uh, the good news is he is six foot eleven, seven foot, and it's hard to find those guys. Even though somehow Tommy Lloyd keeps finding those guys. Dirty Dancer, you're saying if Dylan Anderson starts two years, I'll start worrying about Tommy's recruiting. No, you'll start giving kudos to his player development. That's how we look on this show right here. Speaking of development, Mountain Mike's Pizza is at Oracle and Wetmore now. William Brad Alice has come onto the show. With the Mountain Mike's Pizza glass, if I'm not mis- or a cup, if I'm not mistaken, as has the great John Schuster, and great TV setup, great food, all kinds of good stuff right there. Check it out, Mountain Mike's Pizza, and you might say to yourself, you know what goes really well with pizza? I'll tell you, beer, and that's where you go to the tap and bottle watch party this week for or Saturday, four o'clock. A lot of people are going to be there. You, Brad's going to be signing autographs. Check it out. Again, pizza, beer, weed, gambling, you name it, we got it on this show. But again, Tap and Bottle and Mountain Mike's together. It doesn't get any better than that. Check the show note and the link in the description. And yes, this is one thing that Chief was actually right about. Chief endorsed Mountain Mike's pizza. Chief is wrong on almost everything, but he was right about this one. Good work, That guy gets way too much attention. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you know, but it's all fun and games right there. Um. Well, right. when you r- run into the room screaming, look at me, look at me, look at me. But People yeah. are going to look at him, man. I have no problem making fun of Chief a little bit from time to time. He asks for it, so I'm going to give it to him. Um, now, let's talk about moving ahead then. Oregon has looked absolutely terrible this year. Um, you kind of thought that maybe they would get their ship righted after uh, Utah, and then they came out and they lost by 900 points to ASU. Um, in front of like 4,500 people. Right. It, it was embarrassing. Our good friend Michelle Gardner uh, put out there on Twitter that it was an embarrassing performance. And she even said, what else do you have to do in Eugene? That's called a shot right there. I like it. Um, but 
Oregon always seems to play really good against Arizona, whether that's Tommy, uh, Tommy Lloyd, whether that's Sean Miller. Heck, last year they almost beat Arizona in McHale. I would probably expect nothing less. I actually expect a tough game here, even though Oregon has been terrible. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, it's a bizarre thing because I, I I follow a couple of the Oregon guys because of recruiting and stuff like that, and that's a fan base in panic mode. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm Dana Altman, I don't get out while the getting out's good. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be – because he he's an awesome coach, and I know he's had two down years. Um, and some of that is just the fact that he's tried to stack too many, too many trans, and he's always been good with transfer. It's not working right now, right? But, um, you know, I mean, if you're if you're thinking about firing Dana Altman, he's the best coach they've had in my lifetime. Um, he will be picked up very quickly if he wants another job. Yeah, I mean, job. to me, you know, there's going to be some shuffling around. That some big jobs are open. To, you know, Texas is going to be open, and that could draw. But if I'm, you know. If, I'm a Midwest team where he, you know, he, you know, where is he from? Somewhere in Nebraska. I think. Hey, you guys want to hear a joke? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, no. But no. the fact is, if, you know, he was so successful at Creighton, if he go, you know, can, could you see him going somewhere, Big 12, Big 10, and being super successful? I could. Um, so, yeah. So they're, they're silly. Now, again, sometimes you just wear out your welcome. And, you know, I think we saw that Arizona with Sean Miller. He's doing a great job at Xavier, as I pretty much knew he would. Um, but, yeah. So maybe. But at the, again, at the end of the day, Altman has always done well against Arizona, especially of late. And uh, yeah, they might be 5,500 people there and a thousand of them might be U of A fans, but it's probably going to be a game that comes down to the final couple possessions. Ben, what are you looking for in that game right there? Yeah, I, I, I'd echo most of that. I think, you know, when you look at the way they've played this year and you look at some of the guys they have, I mean, I think from a guard standpoint, that's really going to be the only thing you have to worry about. I mean, if you're if you're Arizona, you're you're doing the same thing, right? You're rolling the ball out to Balo and to Bellis, and you're trying to get those guys involved early and often, and then you're trying to build that lead and you're trying to keep that lead. You're not trying to come out in the second half and let Oregon get on a you know five oh eight oh run, make it close, and you want to see uh, Arizona run away with this one. Um, that's really what you want to see at this point. All right, we got a uh, we got a shout out here. The great Kyle Dodd is watching the show, and he uh, it was uh, he texted me a the, couple different things. The right great now. Kyle Dodd has an awesome new uh, Twitter banner. Uh, we will get. You know what? Sure. The great thing about people, the great thing about the back the A movement is this: is that it even attracts ASU fans. It attracts when you think Arizona State basketball and you think gritty. When you think the Steve Wojciechowski of ASU basketball, you think of Kyle Dodd. And the fact that he has the back the A motto shows you how far this thing has really taken off right here. Um, all right. Now, real quick, we got Arizona. Then you got the L.A. schools after that. That, to me, is going to be fascinating here, guys, because then you've got Arizona would have some pretty interesting wins on its schedule. I hate saying this, but ASU is a good win. Tennessee is a great win. Uh, San Diego State is going to turn out to be a top 15 type team in the country because they're not going to lose the rest of the season. You get UCLA in there, you've really started building your resume up to where you're going to be in contention for that one seed just off the merit of those wins you got there, fellas. Yeah, I think... think Go ahead, ahead, Ben. Yeah, I think that's really the timer test, right? I mean, we're going to find out if Arizona has really improved these things that have been lacking the last couple of weeks because that is the matchup. That's, you know, a preview of the Pac-12 championship come come Vegas time. And UCLA is dynamic. We've seen them for years and years. You know how they play. They get up and down. Campbell's going to be a problem. Um, Hawkins is going to be a problem. So Arizona really is going to have to play an A-plus game. And 
you know, we've seen stretches of that against IU, against Tennessee, some of these better teams. So it'll be a test of time to see if Arizona gets up, you know, knowing that they're going to play somebody to that caliber or if we continue to see these issues. So if I'm Arizona, I'm trying to tweak everything, you know, as quickly as I can get some dominant performances because that's definitely and could certainly be with the way things shake out, depending on wins or losses and the way things are going around the country. That could be a resume building or resume shot uh, game for sure. Great. But what do you think there, William? Yeah, and it could be for UCLA as well. They've got uh, a pretty good resume. Uh, again, unfortunately, a couple of those loss uh, wins are not looking quite as good with some teams dropping down. But uh, for the most part, that could be if, if either Arizona or UCLA can run through this league at uh, what would it be? 17 and three, 18 and two. Right. The one who has the win over the other might be in line for that one seed. And certainly, um, will be the team, even like, you know, the, you know, there's even a scenario where I could see UCLA get the two seed, but stay out West and Arizona gets a one seed and get shipped uh, or something like that. So you're probably playing for top dog in the West, at least of the PAC 12 teams. And certainly both teams in contention for a one seed. It's also just a measuring stick game. You're going to figure out who's really, you know, running this league right now. And I think that's very much in doubt. So I think it's uh exciting game. And I think the good news is, for the most part, Arizona's played better for longer stretches against these good teams when they've had these okay teams. Um, you know, you take out the bizarre technical on crease against Tennessee, and that's probably a different game. Um, right. You know, IU, they pretty much handled. You know, San Diego State, for the most part, they handled. You know, even though they let Creighton come back a little bit. I mean, those are pretty they, one-sided they all, wins. They always, you always felt that they were kind of in control of those games. Even when it got kind of nip or tuck at the end, you always kind of felt they were in control, though. Yeah, whereas I think ASU was a – they just let down. Um, yep. Against a team I don't think they knew was as good. And, and and you know, you can say, well, it's a rival. It's not the rivalry it is in football. Um, right. You know, it just it just isn't. Now, maybe it is next time they play because of that game, um, and because you know Kyle Dodd will be switching his banner back to the the. the Kyle, uh, are we going to bet? On, we're going to bet on this again. I hope. N- no pity for the kitty or whatever he's going to change his banner to, and maybe I'll fire up Kerr. But um, I think they did let down in that one, and ASU, to their credit, because they are better than I think Arizona thought they were, uh, took advantage. But I don't think we'll see that kind of mental lapse let down against the UCLA. And now again, UCLA may beat them, but you know, and, and, and Tiger Campbell's been an Arizona killer and, and Hawkins is, you know, he, he's not a UCLA typical player, but he is gritty and good. And that'll be a fun matchup in a couple of weeks. All right. Everybody out there really appreciate all of you. Um, again, Awesome. It's about 1140. I'm going to try to go to bed here. Ben White in California. It's only 1040 there. Ben will be okay. Ben's got many hours. Brad Alice. The kidnappers uh, say I have to stay up. They're going to sleep deprive me, but I should be okay. But don't feel bad for Brad because he roots for the Chiefs come playoff time. That's never a tough thing. So you didn't know the 90s and early 2000s, Mike. Oh, oh, no. I remember Elvis Gerblock, Steve Bono. Um, Joe Montana. Hey, Joe Montana was the last one that won you a playoff game before Alex Smith came, if I'm not mistaken. Leader of men, Alex Smith. Yes. Alex Smith, leader of men. All right. Everybody out there, all the comments, hundreds of comments, you guys are greatly appreciated. Sincerely mean that. Ben, you're a beast. Brad, you're awesome. Hopefully, you'll be signing some autographs this Saturday. Um, just saying, at 4 o'clock and tap and bottle. Shane Diefenbach, behind the scenes, making us look cool. 
and Kyle Dodd. Love having you on here, Kyle. We're going to continue to make your name even better in Tucsonville. For everybody out there, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame.